0: Hello, everybody, and uh, welcome again to Weekly Inspiration with a portion of uh, Chayeh Sarah. We know the portion is called Chayeh Sarah, the life of Sarah. But the portion is discussing uh, actually the death of Sarah and how Abraham is looking for a solution uh, to bury her body. We know the body and the soul are two different forces. The body is what contains the soul, the light that comes from the above, from the creator. Where well, the body is a vehicle to bring into expression in this world whatever God put within this physical world because God is not physical and the body is. So there is going to be a bridge between God, non-physical at all, body being very physical. So the bridge is your soul, the soul that carries within you. And that's why the soul is not here uh, forever, you know, La in the world of action. It's just the body. And then the body needs to be buried so the soul will be released to wherever it came from, God. And that's really the idea of death. That's the idea of burial. For that reason, when you bury a person, you need to be buried in the ground. It's not just because uh, you humiliate them. The DNA of the body, uh, that's why the body is from dirt you came from, from dirt you're going to go. So the, that's, that's the DNA. you got to put the body where it's belongs, where you took it from. And then it will allow the soul to also go to where it belongs to. So that's that's basically the the old story. I mean, there is many stories on Chayes but I want to emphasize uh, this specific idea, as as we all know. You know, when Rabbi gives a speech, he can give a speech about the old partial story, or on one verse, or on one letter, or one dot. You know, you can decide what you want to give a lecture about. In this case, we're going to take just the subject of the burial of Sarah, and the death of Sarah, and uh, the finding the place of burial for Sarah, which is today So before I'm going into the Zohar, and Debbie is going to read in English for everybody like we did last time, and people... Uh, really enjoyed and gave us a lot of compliment and for that reason we're gonna do it again. But before we do that, I, I, I feel a need to share with you from Ma'ore Naim. Ma'ore Naim is basically a book that's uh, written by Rabbi Menachem Nachum mit Okay, one of one of the uh, uh, people, the student that live in the time of the Bar Shem Tov and the Begin Mezrich. So he writes like that, uh Chayes Sarah, the life of Sarah, was, you know, and then twenty seven years, of course. And I'm gonna make it short, I'm not gonna make it that long, but I want just uh to emphasize what it says. A person, normal human being, is chasing ego, chasing the Lid to be gadol, to be great, to be with pride but if a person would like to bring down the light of the Creator within him, uh, like Isaiah chapter uh, 57 verse 15, it says that God is dwelling on the people who are nobody, that they are capable to become nobody, meaning what? To be able to bury and kill in a way, or bring to death, that the nature, the regular nature, that was injected into his body when he was born. And um, you need to look at the body like it's not an imp- as important as the soul. Uh, so like the Gemara, in Menachot Mem Gimel Amut Bet, in Menachot page 43, section 2, it says, what is God asking from you? Do not say what as ma, you should say mea, mea means Hundred. So, what is what is that we we learn from it? Said to us the the that you have, the word Ma mean what? What is what is God really want from you? Is we have to look at what Moshe Rabenu did, and Moshe Rabenu, and those of you who don't capture or understand everything I say, I'm going to summarize it in a second. Moshe Rabenu Moses was capable. The you take the word Ma, and we are what. So every time you see the word ma, tell us it's, it's a word of being humble, like humbling yourself to understand that you are you are nothing compared to the creator, and you look at the body as nothing. I mean, you know that the body is destined to be buried, to, destined to die. So why are we so much into the body, into physicality? And the idea is that we are not aware or we don't believe truly that there is two dimensions. And when a person is too attached to the physical dimension, the person is not capable to connect to the spiritual dimension. And for that reason, he's bringing also, there is people who are humble, only the outside, but the inside is not, is not so humble. And uh, for that reason, how do you know that you are humble for the right reason or the wrong reason? So there is the hey or there is me'ah, as the, as the Talmud uh, is teaching us. So the Me'am in hundred, you add the letter Aleph, and the letter Aleph represents Alufoshel Shel Olam, the champ of the world. Who is the champ of the world? The creator. So when you have uh, uh, the the, the Aleph within the Ma, within your humbleness, then you know that you are doing it in the right way. Because sometimes people are too humble with manners. But manners does not necessarily mean uh, uh being humble. manners can be, you just try to get uh, validation from the other human being. And for that reason, uh, that that humbleness is, I don't want to say fake, but it's a trying of, of to be humble, but you're not making it. But in the moment you're, you're humble because you understand the truth being humble, you will be connected to the creator, which is the aleph within the ma, which is me'ah. That's called alufo shel olam, the champ of the world. That's your purpose of being humble. You want to connect to the divine. But if you are too busy being in the physical world, it's almost like a hot air balloon is very much attached to the ground. And you can't let go of the physicality of the hot air balloon, which is the pack of sand that you got to let go. Then the hot air balloon will stay on the ground. That's the same thing with the body consciousness versus the soul awareness. Soul awareness is mo'es. I can't stand that body. That body is just punishing me in a way. It's taking me to places I don't want to go. And that's why I'm stuck within the body consciousness, within the body awareness. And when you're capable to get into a higher level of, um, let's call it awareness, meaning I'm away from my ego. I'm away, not away from my ego, because I'm special to work on the ego, because that's ma without the aleph. I'm away from my ego because I want to connect to the aleph, I want to connect to the alufo So I want to start with that, because those of you who listen, only the first five minutes today, at least that you get what's the consciousness, what's the awareness, what's the weekly inspiration of Chayeserah. The weekly inspiration of Chayeserah is to work on ourselves. So we want to connect to the higher level. and That's why it's called Chaye Sarah, the life of Sarah. When does the life of Sarah begin? When she's been buried. And so it's a, there's a secret. It doesn't talk about Sarah being buried. It's talk about my part. Uh, that is the ego part. I'm buried. So it gives a chance to the other part to, to start. So we're going to start with Joel right now. In English and in Hebrew. Debbie will read it. Uh, and we are reading, those of you who have the Sulam. let me see, we are in the verse, Kuf Einbet, Kuf Bet. those of you who have Tfuz Yashan, Dav Kuf Kav Zayin Amud Bet, that's where it is. So this section is helping us to understand uh, what exactly happened with Eliezer Ebed Avraham, um, who is going there to look for a soulmate, for for Isaac to find Rebecca and uh, of course this entire parasha is talking about the body and the soul and the connection and how we can elevate ourselves from physicality into spirituality so here we go kuf in bet debbie will read it loud enough so the mic is on my connection here but hopefully you can hear debbie okay
1: Rabbi Abba said we should look at the verse and he made his camels kneel down outside the city by a well of water. According to Rabbi Abba, outside the city means in the cemetery. By a well of water refers that those who are the first to be revived from the dead in the cemetery are those who dealt in Torah. As we have learned, when a man comes into his grave, he is first asked if he set appointed times to study Torah, as it is written, and he shall be the faith of your times. Without question. He who responds, yes, is revived first.
0: So here we go. The first verse is explained to us a, a concept of understanding that the Torah, you know, is a very important thing. Why is the Torah so important? Thing that's connected to the Aleph, Aluf, O'Sham. Let's continue with the next verse, Debbie.
1: Rabbi Abba said that at the time of evening refers to Friday, Shabbat Eve the time of the resurrection of the dead. He asks, what is the meaning of these things? He responds, we have learned that the world exists for 6,000 years and that Shabbat Eve is the sixth millennium, the ending of all. Thus, at the time of evening means the time of ending for everything. The phrase, at the time that the women go out to draw water, refers to the scholars of the Torah who draw the water of Torah, the time to go out and shake off the dust. Namely, the time to resurrect.
0: Let's continue another verse, please.
1: Rabbi Abba added that there is more to know, as we have learned, that those occupied in knowing their master in this world and their soul to perfection in the world to come, deserve to get out of the grave by the oath of the soul, Matat, was made it swear. For Matat comes to know which is the soul's proper body, as the soul made him swear, and it is written, Behold, I stand here by the well of water. Although it is a body of the scholar of the Torah, Matad goes to look for perfection, as it is written, and it shall come to pass that the maid who comes forth to draw, and I say to her, give me, I pray you, a little water from your pitcher, which means tell me by hint the knowledge of the name from what you conceived.
0: So let's understand those three verses uh, for a second. I mean, uh, we have in here... Uh, very important thing and I hope we're going to have it digitally uh, appear on the screen so you guys can read it in English as well uh, And the idea is let's understand that. I mean, we are talking about uh, burial and uh, we know that Vayavrech uh, Agmalim Vayavrech Meaning he took the camels uh, Outside of the city. So the Zohar is helping us. What do mean outside the city? Meaning the cemetery Cemetery Ber the well of the water Meaning, well, of the water, water usually is Torah. Why is Torah so important? Because it helps you to know that there is God. Why is it important to know that there is God? Because it makes you a servant. It makes you a servant, you become humble automatically. But if you just become humble without, you become a servant of God. That's the ego itself. So the Aleph within the Ma, which is the Me'a, is the whole idea of being humble. So... Uh, when a person die within the cemetery, we know from Rabbi Isaac Luria in Shara Gilgulim and Sharoach Hakodesh that they resurrect the body in the graveyard, and then they talk. The angel talk to him. Did you make some time to know God? Did you make some time to study his Torah? And uh, that's the first question being asked a person when he go into the grave. Most people think that the graveyard is kind of a dead place. No, it's very much alive, and it's say. Uh, he continued to say, what does that mean? That it was, at, uh, what it meant, mean that Eliezer found Rebecca uh, at, uh, at the evening. is teaching us that the, the this universe, our universe, the physical universe as we know it, is destined to have only 6,000 years because every day is corresponding to 1,000 years. So Sunday is 1,000, then Monday is another 1,000. So we are in a way in Friday Eve, which, which is the end of time, which is Messiah is supposed to come now. It all depends on our action, my Nukvim. It all depends on what we're going to do, how we're going to do, how perfect uh, we're going to do that. And uh, so what does that mean? He saw many people pull the water from the well. Tell us the Zohar. It's talking about sages that shovim meh uh, meh Torah, that pulling the water out of the well, it was basically the study of the Torah. And through that, they can be resurrected. And after that, he's talking about the angel Matat. The angel Matat is Enoch, who become an angel that helped with the resurrection, but is also looking. What about if the body is a body of a sage? Why Matat has to look for the perfection? Because it says. So the question that all asked, how can you? Compare Eliezer, Evad, Avram, Eliezer, Evad, Eliezer was a, a Canaanite and he was a servant. How can you compare him to an angel, Matat, which is the top of the angel? Because Matat is the servant of God. The same thing, Eliezer is the servant of Abraham. So there's a the Giza Shabbat. Let's compare. What do we learn from that? What's the message from here? The message from here, those of you who try to work on yourself spiritually and being humble and all this and that, it's beautiful. I mean, it's great. It's um, why not kind of a thing. But To keep yourself in check and to keep the ego in check and to make sure that you're not going too far away from being truly humble is attach the Torah and attach God into your study. And that's the way you know it. Why you cannot do it just as you feel? Because if you do it just as you feel, you are the boss. If you are the boss, you're going to have ego. If you have ego, then you disconnect again from the creator. And you can be humble while you are the boss. But that humbleness is not considered a real humbleness as we spoke before from Ma'or and I. And for that reason, that needs to be changed only through the Torah, only through the study. And in this week's parasha, when we talk about burial, we got to bury the ego with happiness, not with anger, with, with happiness. to Tell the ego, hey, listen, I got to put you into the ground so you can resurrect better, so my soul can resurrect better, so everything can go better. But if you work on yourself, for example, you say, oh, I got to be polite, I got to be nice, I got to be very kind. It's nice. Nobody's going to know the difference. But from your point of view, from the soul point of view, you didn't achieve your goals. I just want to start with that verse. Now we're going to go to another verse, uh, how to do that. What is that we need to do to get to that level? And I'm taking you now to verse 118 in Sulam, Or Yashan, Kuf Amud Aleph. And let's see how uh, the Zohar is taking us there.
1: And Avram was old, advanced in age. And Hashem blessed Avram in all things. Rabbi Yudha opened with the verse, Happy is the man you choose, and cause to approach to you, that he may dwell in your courts. This verse has already been explained. Nonetheless, happy is the man whose ways are acceptable to the Holy One, blessed be he, who wants to bring himself nearer to him. Come and behold, Avram came closer to the Holy One, blessed be he. All his days, his desire was to come closer to him. Avram did not come closer through one day or at one time, but his good deeds brought him closer every day as he moved from one grade to another until his grade was elevated.
0: So there's two points here in these two verses. I mean, first, uh, good for a person his action is desirable by the Creator. And because of his action, the creator want to make him closer. So for me, we learn the action that what make a difference, not the meditation or the consciousness. First, the action has to be a good action. After that, what it say, uh, after that take a place, it doesn't happen one time. Now, why it doesn't happen one time? If it ever, ever, uh, if it will happen in one time, first the ego will go up, and second, you will not be a true servant. You're always gonna feel good about what you achieve. You will sit there, drink—I don't know—a drink or, or uh, have your meal and celebrate your achievement. Which here it's a meaning one time after another. Like with those of you know, la the world of emanation. Uh let, Let's continue, please. Kuf Kav we continue,
1: When he was old, he entered the supernal grades as he deserved, as it is written, and Avram was old, and then coming with the days. This refers to the supernal days, the days known by the secret of faith, and Hashem blessed Avram in all, namely by Yesod of the supernal Abba and Ima called all, where blessings and every goodness come from, as its plenty never stops flowing.
0: So it's, it's teaching us in this verse, that he was blessed with the days. You know what days? The days are elionim. What days are elionim? Sod Emuna. emunah. Emunah means faith. So people ask, what is more important than spirituality? Knowledge or faith? Faith is always the most important thing. Knowledge is a mitzvah to do. That's what you study. You want to have more knowledge. But if the knowledge doesn't give you more faith about God, something is wrong with your knowledge. Go back and work on your faith. So your faith, your certainty, you believe in the Creator is the most important thing you got to do as a spiritual person. The knowledge is important to help you have a faith. And we continue with the next verse.
1: Happy are those who do tshuva, who in one hour, one day... Meaning
0: balet tshuva, meaning the people who are able to do tshuva, people who are doing repentance. Let, let's try to use the, the right words there.
1: One moment, get as close to the Holy One, blessed be He, as most righteous come to the Holy One, blessed be he, over several years. Avram did not come into the supernal days until he was old, as has been explained. Neither did David, as it is written. Now King David was old, advanced in years, but a person who does tshuva comes right in and cleaves to the Holy One, blessed be he. Rabbi Yossi said, We learned that the holy righteous have no permission to be in that place where the the people who do tshuva stand. They are closer to the king than everyone else and draw plenty from above with a more intent heart and greater force in order to come closer to the king. Come and behold, the Holy One, blessed be he, has several places in that world. In them all, there are apartments for the righteous, each according to his deserved grade.
0: So what did we learn here we we learn about righteous people versus people who did who did the uh, it doesn't say Chozrim people who are uh, working on repentance, people who are baalet chuba meaning the owner of the chuba the owner of the repentance i mean but how come that the righteous people are one step below those people because it says that abraham Oh, King David, only in the end of the day is achieved that highest level. Why they couldn't achieve it in the beginning? Because when a person is righteous, person is righteous, you got to go step by step to get better. Avashlak said, one of the reasons to have a minion is to have 10 men is because the men are not equal. Every person is, is better than the other or worse than another. So you can have a minion of 20 people and one of them is a wicked person. That wicked person, actually, within him, within her, they can draw the most amount of light. they not necessarily will receive it, but they will draw it for the group. So when they pray, actually, the whole group get light because of them. So the worst person draws the most amount of light, but he's not going to get it. Those of you who study Rav Ashlag like with me from before, or Talmud HaSafirot. So it's a bal Tshuva. miyan midabek let's say you, bal Tshuva. What is balchuva? Tshuva? Let's say you change um, I give an example, you decide that you're no longer going to yellow screen or you're not going to eat uh, forbidden uh, food that the Bible says not to eat uh, or you're going to start uh, doing a certain prayer in the morning or you're going to start study tikkun azor for my video every morning before sunrise. You're going to take on yourself to study all the videos from tikkun first thing in the morning. If you are in that level if you're on that level, you are above righteous people. You are above Abraham and David who try to work on himself every day. Because at that moment, God put you on the highest level. The question is why? And it's a little deep answer. I will do the best I can to explain it. There is something in Kabbalah called aviut. Aviut means uh, desire. Aviut means desire. So your capability to control your desire, your fault, your ego, that's defined you. A uh, righteous person don't have ego. Righteous person don't have wrong desire. Righteous person don't have lust. Righteous person don't have a need to steal, to kill, or to get angry. The righteous, they're the highest people. They don't have a reason for that, so they cannot draw the light. But you and me, simple people, we have all kind of weird desire going into our mind and our heart. In the moment that you say no to it, those of you know what masach means—a curtain appear on your avut. A curtain appear. On your desire, and what happened with the curtain of Pino with the desire, because you say no to yourself, the same amount of light you want to draw for yourself, and you still want it, it's been pushed back, and for that reason, you go into the highest level. Now, why does that appear here in this week' parsha, and why I told you that's the how to do it, to become like the section we said before. You know, if you remember, I remind you, section we read before. <laughs> Uh, uh, when he's talking about the Be'er and immortality and the whole idea of resurrection of the dead and all the idea of the, the Mata check the, the people if they're good or bad is basically what we need to get to. So you look at yourself. I mean, I look at myself. I cannot judge you. And I say, wow, I, I, I cannot be like Ravash. I cannot be like but I cannot be like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I cannot be like Abishimon. What I'm going to do? What I'm going to do? The point is, your desire, your wrong desire, by the capability to say no to that desire and create a curtain that reflect the light back to the creator, through that light go up, that's how you elevate yourself to the highest level and then the highest level give you the light that you need. So for me, we learn in Chayas Sarah a way, a style of how to get fast to all those levels. Avram and David, it wasn't fast because they were righteous. But you and me as simple people, we are not capable to do it step by step because we have issues. We're born with some blemish in our body that was given to us as a gift. Because why, why is the blemish was given to us a gift? Because every time you control it, the view, control that desire, that's actually what gives you the light. So instead of hating your blemish, hate that you're lazy, hate that you're angry, hate that you have lust for different things, love it. Because every time you don't do it, you get light. But if you take like a righteous, they don't even have desire to scream. They don't even desire to kill or to steal or to do wrong thing. They don't have that desire. You do. And because you do and you say no, no. It's like my friend who decided to keep kosher. Okay, I'll keep kosher. she we say, "Liao, you know, you talk to me about kashrut, kosher, and I'm really loving it. And 10 years, I'm eating only kosher. And uh, he looked at me said to me, there's one thing I'm missing. Uh, so what is it? He said, lobster. I said, okay. I never had lobster myself, so I don't know the flavor. And I told him, uh, I make it even worse for him. I said, tell me how it tastes like. He said, why you make my life a hell now, Leo? Don't ask me that. So said, please tell me. Tell me how it tastes like. Well, he started to describe. It's like uh, uh, there is a fish that's called Chilean sea bass with this, with a fat. Describe it, how you eat it, and you go and you uh, break it, I think, something with some tools and... Uh, he gave me the whole description and I see that his lips getting wet. And then he looked at me and say, yeah, it's not fair. I say, you don't get it, my friend. This is your biggest blessing. You actually taste it. You actually desire it. Every time you don't eat lobster, every day, you get light. I don't. I never test lobster. I don't know what it looked like. I mean, I know that people are breaking it or like the way you describe it. So, but every who had ever something that they know it's wrong and they stop doing it that will bring you to the highest level of life how happy you should be when you hear this lecture when you hear this part of the lecture you should be dancing you should actually be dancing and say Hashem God thank you for my issues that I have with my body I'm, I'm happy about it because through that I can worship you through that I can connect to you that's that's the aleph within the ma That's how you become humble. You're not not being ashamed. Let's say you don't like praying, but you are praying now to Hashem. You're praying. You're so lucky because you don't like it. If you like it, there is no Avodah. There is no revelation of light. Or there is a person that uh, cannot be married because before that she or he used to date uh, every week uh, 20 people. Now they're married. They have to be uh, loyal to one person. This is it. But from time to time, the thought is going in a different direction. They're so lucky. Why they're so lucky? Because every time they have the desire and they don't act on that desire, they get light. Avram and David could not do that. Avram could not do that because they didn't have wrong desire. So I just want to mention it. I, when I read it, I was very, very excited. Now, another thing I want to mention, it said that the world will exist for 6,000 years, meaning that in the end of 6,000 years, the Messiah will come temple immortality. But it can happen before. Depends on who? Not on the righteous people. It depends on those people who are born with blemish. They are the one. They are the one who can bring the light. So we need to bring as many people who are as far away from the light to do one act of goodness. One act of goodness. You can take uh, one negative person say, hey, vital as... A small Zohar. Do you mind go with me and go to store? Uh, Vital as a program to give to the poor. I don't know. Glove and coat and blanket. Can we help? Uh, Vital have a process to, to help children in school to give them the, uh, the children books that I wrote so they will be there and it will motivate them. Can you come with me to do the act with your body? That's, that's changed the people. So I'm sorry I went long on this section, but I think it's important. Now we're coming to one of my favorite section in the entire Zohar. Uh, it's good for business people as well. The reason I put it there, even I'm sure every year I'm saying it, uh, it's it's tremendous. It's a verse kuf uh, till uh, um, um, we're gonna read it from kuf from under. Uh, it, it's a good it's a good uh, um, section uh, till 105. So from 100 to 105 in the Sulam. Here we go.
1: Rabbi Elazar asks, how did Avraham enter the cave? Why did he enter? He responded, he was running after a calf about which it is written and Avram ran to the herd. This calf ran to the cave. Avram ran after it and saw what he saw. Another reason was that Avram prayed every day. He came out to the field that was fragrant with heavenly perfumes, saw light coming out of the cave and entered there to pray. There, the Holy One, blessed be he, spoke with him. As a result, Avraham wanted the cave and always harbored a desire for it. You may ask, why did he not seek to buy it until then? He says, because he had no need for it. He was afraid they would check it, understand his wish and the importance of the cave, and then ask for more money, or they could refuse to sell it altogether. Now that he needed it, the time had come to ask for it. Come and behold, if Ephron had seen in the cave what Avram saw, he would never have sold it. But because Ephron saw nothing in it, as nothing is revealed except to its owner, it was revealed to Avram only, and not to Ephron. It was revealed to Avram because it was his, and not Ephron's, for Ephron had no share in it. Therefore, Ephron saw nothing of the cave, he saw only darkness, and therefore he sold it. Moreover, he also sold him what Avram did not ask him to sell, because Avram said only that he may give me the cave of the Machpelah, for the full price he shall give it to me, and did not mention the field. And Ephron said, The field I give you, and the cave that is in it, I give it to you. For Ephron knew for Ephron knew not what it was and found it all loathsome. Even the field in which the cave was was loathsome to him. Therefore, he sold the field too, although Avram did not ask for it. Come and behold, when Avram entered the cave for the first time, he saw a light. The dust was removed from before him, revealing two graves. Adam rose from the grave in his rightful form, saw Avram, and laughed. By that, Avram knew that he was destined to be buried there.
0: So what do we learn in these five verses, very important five verses? First lesson is, uh, I'll be the come to find the Marat So he went there, similar story to Moses, chasing the eagle the, the, the calf. And uh, basically, when he went there and he saw whatever he saw, what he saw, the dust was removed to store two grave Adam, raised from his grave, realized that Adam and Eve are buried there. So it was an important thing. The question is why he didn't buy it there, because he didn't need it. And if you don't need something in a way, you don't buy it. So it's a, it's a lesson for us. The third lesson is uh, why you don't tell people you want it, because maybe they're going to uh, raise the price or they don't want to sell it to you. And if you know there is important things there, you should not show desire if it's very important, which is a great discussion by itself, which I'm not going to go into. Um, um, the, the verse that I like very much: If a the person who sold them the land would see what he's selling, he would never sell it. So the question that the Zohar is asking out there: You negotiate a deal like this when the other person is not aware of what he's selling? Well, bealav, the thing that belongs to you only revealed to you. You are the only one who knows the real value of of a person, of a land, of anything. And for that reason, a not only didn't like the land and the cave of the Mahpela, he was begging Avram to take not just the cave, say take the land, take the cave, take everything, and I will pay you whatever you take. So for me we learn that the value of thing is only being appreciated, only being appreciated by the person who desire it. And why would you desire it? Because God put within you the awareness, the eyes, the ears, to be able to see and listen what's important about that piece of land. And through that, you develop a desire to it. And by developing the desire to it, the dwelling, the light of the Creator come and help you. So for me, we learn, I mean, the whole negotiation of real estate, when you buy a land, apartment, building, whatever it is, or it's also teaching you that how to apply with your desire when you're not sure the people in front of you would want to sell it or want to kind of give it away. You should not show the desire. Don't awake your desire. Instead of it, be aware that you want it, but don't specifically say why you want it. How does that connect to this week parasha? It's teaching us that it's worth it to control your desire, not just for spiritual reasons, for the reason that if you are too much wanting something, you will not be aware if that part is belonged to you or not, because your desire will come from the dark side, and then you will start drawing all and kind of things that really don't belong to you, and you're going to end up with uh, the wrong thing. I would like to end up the lecture by uh, basically uh, sharing with you and uh, and telling you that Parashat Chayes sarah, within Parashat Chayes sarah, there is endless amount of secret, and I highly recommend that people study two different books, uh, the Chayet Saradis section uh, as much as you can and to to remind you that the ability to see the good within something, it's an amazing thing and I would like to end up with something I heard from Rabbi Mizrahi, one of the shiul that I go to, and it's a beautiful thing that he say, you know the difference between Lot and Avraham Lot, you know, before he was kind of kicked out from the city of Sodom and Gomorrah he didn't realize he's not part of the people who live in this dome because he was rich, he was famous. Uh, only about, you know, a few hours before the angel telling him, we've got to take you out of there, he realized that he's not part of them. Don't start to look at them like you're not part of our family, you're not part of our neighborhood, you're not part of our community, which is a very, ins- ins- it's, it's an insult. You know, nothing is, is insulting a person more than being pushed away from society. Uh, uh, even his sons-in-law make fun of him. Uh, because he wanted to be belong in this he wanted to be belong to that city, but he was never belong. And the other end, we look at Abraham. When Abraham came to negotiate, he say, "Ger ani He say, I'm, "I'm living here with you, but I'm a ger. I'm I'm an outsider." So Abraham knew his place. He knew that he's not belong uh, to wherever he is, but he's still living there. So what is the lesson for us, you know, from Avram, The lesson for us is to get to a place, you always have to remember who you are, your identity, and don't be ashamed of who you are. You know, stand tall when if you're spiritual, this is who you are, you are a spiritual person. So if you're a spiritual person and you try to be belong in a club that everybody taking some drugs and dancing till tomorrow, it's it's ger you happen to be in a club, but you ger. you're not really belong there. But if you feel you belong there like Lot, Eventually, you'll be kicked out from there in in the wrong way after Sodom and Gomorrah will be destroyed. Thank you for listening, and you have a beautiful day.